Good morning, all you food lovers everywhere, and most especially those of you who are would-be hosts. You're listening to On the Menu with Anne and Peter Haig, and uh, today we're going to bring you two wonderful creative women, um, both entrepreneurs and, well, one writer and one entrepreneur, and um, they're going to explain to you a lot about flavors, food, and especially entertaining. We should also say to all of you, by the way, we hope you had a kick-ass Thanksgiving. <laughs> Great. And here, and here's... Yeah, so we have Rebecca Lang, uh, wrote a book called Y'all Come Over. I mean, Rebecca is uh, the quintessential Southern hostess, a ninth-generation Southerner. And she's going to give you tips, recipes on how you're going to organize all those parties for just about every given occasion. And there could be menus, directions, and so forth. Let's listen to Rebecca Lang. Well, Rebecca Lang, um, I, I read your book, Y'all Come Over, charming your guests with new recipes, heirloom treasures, and true Southern hospitality. Um, remembering uh, how much I enjoyed that Southern hospitality when our kids lived in South Carolina. Uh, you were a ninth-generation um, Southerner, you said. Yes, ma'am. We, uh, my family has been here a very long time. Now, I'm, I'm very curious to, to know if um, how how the book is received by the younger age demographic. Well, the book officially comes out on the 28th, so it's not quite out as of our recording. But um, what I wanted to do is really make Southern hospitality approachable and fresh and lively. And, you know, it's something that I think a lot of people everywhere have, the gift of hospitality. It really comes down to making sure that somebody that comes to your home is as comfortable as possible. You know, there should never be any um, thought of questioning, where should I even park my car? Where should I, what door should I go to? <laughs> so I try to think ahead of how little bitty details that could make somebody feel a little bit uncomfortable, how can we head that off to begin with and and do it from a way that is, you know, young and new and fresh. I'm 44, so I could be younger, but but I, I try to take, you know, those lessons that everybody's grandmother in the South teaches them, but to take them that fit into the world we live in now where we're all busy and we have a million things going on at a time, but we can still have that gift of hospitality easily. Well, I mean, I just, uh, I mean, it, it's like, like talking to a um, an alternate universe. <laughs> Which, I mean, it, I, uh, I I did have one hit with my grandson, uh, who's twelve, and I sat him down to show him how you arrange silverware on a table, because um, they don't do that anymore. <laughs> You're lucky if you have everybody sitting down at the table. But then wasn't, wasn't that wasn't that when he he realized that if there was a spoon there that meant there would be dessert? 
Yeah, I, I, t- I poured it on to him <laughs> to put the fork and the spoon above the plate for dessert. And, and it was there that you know what to do. And he came, without saying anything, he came to the table for dinner uh, that night. And he said, oh, no. Because <laughs> oh. I hadn't had dessert. <laughs> what we a smart boy. He, he has learned, right? But, you know, and... And the thing about everybody being so busy and not getting to the table, I have two children. I have a brand-new 16-year-old and a 12-year-old. And so, you know, most weeknights we're eating at the – I have an island in my kitchen, so we usually eat around the island. But we do make it a point at least once a week to sit at the table just so they can learn, you know, where your napkin goes, exactly where to do – what to do with the silverware, and it just makes it, I think, a little bit easier when they go out to eat that they know. Yeah, but, I mean, I, I I think that like if you go out for job interviews, but I'm not so sure that anybody even bothers anymore. I just, uh, I, I mean, I know uh, young professionals. Um, one couple, they have three children, and um, uh, the oldest being um, 14, the same age as our granddaughter. And um, they just kind of put food out on a, um, a side table, and and the kids walk by, and if they feel like grabbing something to eat, they do. <laughs> wow, you know that is that sounds like the busiest of nights that could. I mean, you moms have to do what they have to do to get their children fed and keep the world spinning. I totally understand that. That's a but you know some. Some nights at our house, if we have soccer and basketball and my husband's at at work late, you know, it makes for a crazy time. And it's usually the moms that end up having to keep that clock ticking at some form or fashion. So, But, you know, when you have people over, like I talk about in the book, it's a time to really enjoy getting ready for a party. I, I never want somebody to feel like they are stressed to have people over. So... I even talk about how do you make sure your house is clean, as clean as it needs to be. It doesn't have to be sterile. But to make sure your house is clean without, you know, doing that crazy run around that we've all done when 10 minutes before people are coming over and you're racing to pick up this and do that. So I kind of give you tips a couple of days in advance, you know, things you can pick up then and dust and zip around with a broom. Because when people come over, you know, they want to enjoy good food. They want to enjoy your company, most of all. They're not looking at the dust on your um, sideboard. They're not checking, you know, did you vacuum the carpet in the last three hours? So a lot of times we're more judgmental on our homes and yeah, all that, that than yeah. other people are. So it's time to, you know, relax and enjoy because, goodness gracious, we haven't been with each other in so long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's for sure. It's really taken a toll on everybody. But you have so many interesting tips in, in this book. You talk about uh, specific, um, 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 well, meals, like you have brunch or you have um, um, garden club or, you know, and and that I think is particularly helpful for people who, I think all of the tips you give are very helpful for people who didn't grow up with that, and there are very many people who nowadays don't go, don't grow up with any of this. Well, and I think, you know, the more, 
as as time goes on, the more that all of us are not growing up with it. That's a normal thing. But in the menus, the book is um, the last section of the book, of course, is all recipes. And I took menus that would work for different times of day, really for different events. But the reason I decided to put it in into menus, like for the Garden Club lunch or the funeral reception, because you know in the South we have a funeral. It's a yeah, it's that was like nothing yeah, else. Yeah, that's, that was very southern, um, I thought, yeah. Oh, super southern. And this is something I learned from Natalie Dupree, who I know y'all know and love, too. But Natalie taught me in my first few days working for her that writing a timeline when you have any type of meal to cook, it doesn't matter if it's for having people over. It's more important for having people over. But, you know, you might want to write a timeline or put one down just on a Post-it note if it's a Sunday afternoon. but I was able to, with every menu in the book, I give the readers a timeline on how to get this menu completely done in advance and even when that timeline, when to take out the trash before people come over, when to load the dishwasher and get it empty because the greatest key to having people over is being ready early so you can enjoy your own party. You don't want to be working your own party and having everything in the kitchen picked up enough that the kitchen is clean so when people do leave, you can just go ahead and clean up quickly and, you know, deal with the, don't have that, any of the cleanup going on while people are there. So I try to make it as easy as yeah, possible I, I, for I everybody. Know, I was at, a, I was at a, um, a party, in fact, it was after a funeral, and um uh, the the hostess actually came out and vacuumed the dining room rug and whatever, but was still there. Oh no, that's a terrible <laughs> Isn't thing. Isn't that awful? <laughs> and how uncomfortable did you feel? Goodness. Well, awful. I mean, it was just terrible. <laughs> I couldn't even believe wow. it. Wow. <laughs> okay, well, if we go into a second reprint, I may have to add that in a section of um, <laughs> do not do for sure. That's crazy. <laughs> It was just awful. Wow. I mean, <laughs> that is. Well, I guess she was pretty ready for you to go home, huh? I guess so. I mean, I like your idea better. Put everything on a dimmer, and then when it's time, to put the lights up. <laughs> you know, I I was in that section of the book, you know, how to close a party without appearing like you're closing a party. was. I was hard. confused on how how to do that with nice manners. And I, we built our house a few years ago, and I have dimmer switches all over this house. I love a dimmer switch. <laughs> and I started thinking, gosh, you know, you, if you start raising the lights and making it bright, it's just like they do if you're out at a bar, you know, when, when I was younger, and the lights would come on, well, it's time to go home. So, um, yeah, right. that, that, and always, you know, if you stop pouring alcohol, people, you know, will eventually leave too. So. <laughs> I, I, I can remember being being told about one particular person, and, and this was in the south of Australia, not not in the south of the United States. And, and his way of making people feel like they should go was he he would go up to his bedroom, put his pajamas on, and come back down. <laughs> wow, that is funny. I hope he had nice, cute pajamas. I don't know whether he did or not. Well, you know, I, I had the same thing happen um, with uh, Lobby, um in, in Indianapolis. He 
he he would just go in and put his PJs on and then come out. <laughs> that is too funny. I'm going to have to start attending parties with y'all. It sounds like y'all have yeah, parties exactly. afterwards. Well, we've done a lot of, of party going and entertaining, and we used to entertain forever. But, um, yeah, I like your uh, your um, tips on, on, on silver. You know, I, I've been commiserating with a lot of my friends at my age, where we we'd like to kind of downsize a little, and the kids won't take it. Our children won't take. Um, I mean, I have I have four sets of sterling silver flatware plus all the serving uh, uh, and utensils, and nobody wants them. <laughs> oh, you know, I feel like people don't really know to appreciate silver. I mean, silver is, as you all know, it's worth a fortune. But silver is something that when I pull out to use for a party, I love the feel of it. It's so heavy, and it just makes things special. I think it's really... Oh, I love and it. And most and of I the silver candles. I have has a, Nobody seems to do candles yeah. anymore and centerpieces. Yeah, I mean, I used to set a whole table with a theme for the dinner parties and people just don't seem to do it anymore i think people do more mix and match you know now for no, that's okay parties because again a lot of people don't have matching things i i had a um party for 60 before COVID, of course here at our house and i don't have 60 place settings of any china or any flatware silver oh, anything God. so we did I had enough of both of my grandmother's different settings of silver and um, china, and I mixed and matched all night long. And it turned out really fun and kind of whimsical because we had so many different patterns. Yeah. <laughs> but I had a story to go with every pattern. You know, I could say this was my dad's mom every day, and this was – so it was kind of nice. It's like I believe all furniture should have a – story to go with it well right why don't we have a story with our plates and mm-hmm. and our forks why not well now you you live in charleston right no no she lives i in, live in in, in athens georgia. georgia i used to live oh, in charleston i, I, I miss charleston and told me and told me and i forgot there's, there's, there's a great restaurant in athens georgia what's the name of the we have I bet you're thinking of five and ten with Hugh Atchison. Hugh Atchison, right? Um, and you know, Hugh really, when he came to Athens, changed the face of food in Athens. He really did a remarkable um, job to bring food to the forefront. Where now we have several amazing restaurants, and he really started that wave because at that time, you know, we have the University of Georgia here, and at that time we were a college food town, you know, where everything was burgers or steaks or, and he brought this whole brand new life to going out to eat that was sophisticated yet comfortable and has, has really changed what it's like to live here, I think. Yeah, we, we, met, we met him at the uh, Greenville Food and Wine Festival a few, a few years back. <clears throat> and yeah, he's a nice person. He, he, he seemed, seemed like a really nice guy. You know, yeah, uh, and it's but, always but, good to have people with good food in your town. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's always let's, a good thing. Let's talk a little bit about the recipes. I mean, let, 
let it goes let it go without further saying that you have tips that probably people haven't even ever thought about to, to simplify this entertaining and make it a really special um, a thing to do with your friends and family. Um, and I love I love the whole thing because that's what I would like everybody to do. <laughs> I got a handwritten oh, sure. note the other day and almost fainted. I was so thrilled. <laughs> Isn't that so nice? And, and, you know, it's the little tiny things that make a party, or even if it's a gathering of three people, it's those little tiny things that make a difference. So I tried to bring that up all throughout the book where, you know, the little bitty things, like when you have um, napkins, you could always just tie up a napkin with your forks with a, a a strand of rosemary you know you could uh-huh. use anything in your house you don't have to go to an expense but the little bitty details and you know on the food i'm a big big believer that everything needs to be as make ahead as possible yeah they're entertaining you, you have things in here that i never even thought you could make ahead you know i mean the well, asparagus I, I a, for um, example i never thought about that right and and you know when you're cooking asparagus you know, that's not something, you know, asparagus is fabulous to eat, but it may not be the best smelling food to cook, right? Right. So you want that asparagus done and finished by the time people are getting here. But I, um, I, y'all can probably tell this by now, I feel like I have a touch of OCD where I'm always thinking ahead to clean up or get this done, take care of it so I can you know, hang out with my friends with some wine if they're coming over. I don't want to be standing at the stove. So I've had a lot of practice in making ahead and keeping things ready. I, I worked for a caterer in Charleston. Oh, and that's really right. kind of that's learned. how you know these tricks. Hacks, right? right. And, and caterers are the people who know an incredible amount about make ahead because, you know, most things have to be made in the catering kitchen and then taken to the site. Exactly. So, so people who cater, I think, don't get a lot of kudos sometimes for the tricks and the little things that they oh, do to make everybody's life mm-hmm. amazing. I mean, like, um, I didn't know you could make crepes the, the night before it. The oh, night those, before crepes. So, right. And you know what makes those, with my southern accent, I'll say crepe, but what makes those crepes so fantastic to make ahead and for everybody listening, you make the crepe literally in the pan and put it in the fridge. It's not like we're even making the batter ahead of time, which we do as well. But these crepes have a little bit of flour in them, more than most crepes would have. Uh-huh. So that flour stabilizes that crepe batter enough that it's solid enough to hold up in the fridge. And what I do is every single crepe, I put a little bit of wax paper in between them, and I just stack up, you know, 20 crepes and put them in a zip-top bag. And even on weekends when we have home football games, I'll make those crepes on Thursday. And then when we've got guests here for the football game on Saturday morning, I just pull out crepes and microwave them. And all you need is a little creme fraiche and it is delightful. That's one of the best recipes, I think, in the book. I use that recipe. Oh, it's, all I was the time. really amazed. It never even occurred to me you could do that. So I wanted to ask now, you what you a get, tassie is. What is a tassie? Oh, a tassie. 
So with Cassie is, I love that word. We could just say Cassie this, the whole rest of the time. So with Cassie is um, a little tiny pie is what Cassie really means. So if y'all have ever had, have you ever had a pecan Cassie? Probably. They're literally like two bites. Yeah. So um, they're really easy as far as serving because they're great to have, you know, especially when people are walking by and just grab a dessert if you wanted to do them as a past dessert. But I have key lime taffies in the book. And the fun thing about this recipe is you make the dough and you can put the dough, roll the dough into little um, little balls. You can freeze the dough when it's at that stage. I actually have a bag in the freezer um, right now. And then when you're ready to bake them, you put the thawed dough balls in a little mini muffin tin, and you can tamp them out to make a shell and bake them, and then you fill them with key lime curd. And if you are in a super hurry, make that fun crust, but use, you know, jarred lemon curd if you want to, or tangerine curd. You can get some really cool different citrus curds at a lot of fancy stores now, but but I just love a little Cassie. And, and a one-bite dessert, sometimes oh, after you've, you know, had lots of food and drink, that's a perfect size. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I like your idea, by the way, of having something, having people over before an event because it gives you the start but also the finish. <laughs> right. And, and especially, you know, if you're just, yeah, that gives you a, a good um, bookend at both ends, but but if you're just learning how to entertain or you want to practice, if if you know you're going to a Christmas party or, you know, something that you know everybody's got to be at a certain event, it really is a good way to get your feet wet in it. Because you know people aren't going to stay very long, and you know the big show and the big food is coming up later. It's not your responsibility. Right. <laughs> so that does make it fun. Yeah, a starter party. The other thing I, I loved enormously was, um, listeners, if you're, if you're paying attention, I'm talking about a lot of, uh, of really charming highlights in this book and, and a, a bit of wit and humor that comes with it, but always charming. Like, I loved your writing about any southern woman worth her salt knows how to cover a ca- carry a casserole to a party. <laughs> That's a very true thing. You know, I try <laughs> tell, tell, just tell our listeners about that because I I howled when I read that one. Well, I wish that um, I wish I could have put a photograph of my mom in there because I have seen my mom. I, I, you read this, I'm sure. Carry casseroles, you know, because every time Southerners go somewhere, let's say somebody's had a death in the family or somebody's sick or you're going to a party, you are likely taking something with you. Exactly. Casserole dishes in southern women's laps happen more often than we can describe. But the funny thing is, you know, if if there's one tilt in the wrong way, that casserole dish, especially if it's hot, can be disastrous. So I remember so many times seeing my mom with a tray, a plastic tray, with hot pads on top of the tray, with a casserole dish. My mom makes really good baked beans. But they're usually very liquidy, and for her to carry around that hot thing of baked beans makes me so nervous all the time. <laughs> but you know, it's something that we do, and 
That's just part of being You said your father learned to drive slowly and avoid bumps. (laughs) Right. And, you know, you can't take a turn going above, like, 15 if your wife has hot baked beans on her legs. You know, (laughs) that can't happen. (laughs) But it's funny, my husband, when I take things places, I should start driving the car myself and setting them in his lap because he gets so (laughs) aggravated because I'm always, you know, telling him to drive like my dad did when my mom's got stuff and but um, but that's part. You know, we we are always carrying food everywhere we go. I feel like all of us are, uh-huh. and you know, during the, this last year and a half, that's something that we have lost the ability to do. And so, I really look forward to as as hopefully you know more and more people are vaccinated and we get back to a good place. I mean, what a what a blessing! I never would have thought you know having. A hot casserole in my my lap is a blessing, and now I'm just excited <laughs> about being able to do it again. Well, listeners, now uh, if if you want to actually help bring back a, a little bit of the gracious hospitality that you you, you find everywhere in the south, in the south, um, it's called Y'all Come Over, and it's by Rebecca Lang. And she covers just about every single detail that you would ever need to know about how you entertain and when and themes and food. And the recipes are great, too. Thank you, Rebecca, for talking to us. It uh, takes me back. It really does. So, oh, thank um, you. I've had so much fun with you all. <laughs> okay. Well, anyhow, I thank you again and, um, and keep up the good work. Well, thank you, thank you. Podcasting services for On The Menu Radio are provided by ASP Station, www.aspstation.net. Our second great woman entertainer is Mary O'Donnell. Um, I, I don't want to mislead you. Uh, she's not just an, an entertainer. She actually was motivated by the fact that her whole family and she herself loved to entertain. But what she has is an outstanding product line called Terrapin Ridge Barbs. Uh, Mary O'Donnell is going to tell us about her business, its back history, and the products. And, 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 they're, and they're wonderful. They're so they're wonderful. So tasty. Rabbit spoons them right out of the jar. Well, you know, I've tried to get Mary O'Donnell on one of these interviews for about five years now. <laughs> Finally, oh it's goodness. happened, and, and primarily because I love I love her products, and, um, and and I love her backstory as to what actually got her interested. And she's a um, I wouldn't call her a social butterfly, but she does like entertaining a lot, right? That's right. That's right. Tell us a little bit about how you found yourself in this specialty food market. (laughs) Well, there's a couple things. I've always been in consumer products my whole entire career, which I, I really love. I really love making things and then watching how the consumer reacts to it and sells through. So that's really been a love. I just, from... From you know the start of my career, I really loved that. And then food, um, it just was a natural for me because um, when we were when we grew up, my mom loved to entertain, and she did it with 
ease. She made great stuff and made it look like it was without a fuss. And it was always a nice, fun party. And I think I, I mentioned this in my our catalog is um, we would everybody would look forward to it. We always had a Thanksgiving open house, Thanksgiving Day open house. So people would come from all, you know, all my friends and cousins and relatives, and we grew up in the Cleveland, Ohio area, and they'd spend the whole day. And again, my mom would just whip it all together, and it made you know, I'd always do something special, <laughs> but it made it look like it was effortless. So I just, that, I got the love of entertaining that way. Yeah. So when I found my mother was, was the same way, and we used to do a <laughs> um, Christmas Day open house. And oh yeah, the number finally was reaching two hundred. I, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't have it. But uh, people came anyhow because I didn't send out. So the next year I had to send out a notice saying we're going to be out of the country. (laughs) (laughs) I bet people still showed up though, right? (laughs) Maybe. I don't know. I wouldn't know. We never never knew Mary because we we really were in England. (laughs) That's great. Somebody somebody else logged in here. Oh, yes. my, my Claire, our marketing person, just so she can kind of. Now, who oh, is Claire? She's Claire also is actually a, my daughter. I and, thought she and, was. Um, <laughs> yep. Yeah, I thought so Claire O'Donnell must must be a daughter. That's good. Hi, right. Claire. We've been talking Hi. together a lot so, for a long time now. That's great. So, <laughs> yeah. So okay. So yeah. Well, I mean, so we know you kind of fell into this naturally. But my next question to you was, I, I can't believe that you manage so many products at such a high quality level, and how do you do that? Uh, well, we have a really great team. So there we have a lot of our purchasing people are fantastic. We've got a, um, an awesome person that does our product development. And so it's just really a matter of having great people, um, great warehouse manager, all the people that work in the warehouse. They 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 really uh, do a phenomenal job. So you you have to have good people. You can't or you can't do it. So that's well, what it's really uh, all about. I, I, I would ordinarily ask the question, why Cleveland? But then I sort of understand that even though we we we, grow, we have to grow up hating Cleveland in, from Pittsburgh. <laughs> I, 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 am, I am still surprised that you chose to locate in Florida. So there's a, there's a bit of an explanation required there, I think. Okay. All right. So we were in Ohio, in central Ohio, and I had worked for a gourmet condiment company before, and we were ready to make a change. So I came down to Florida to actually work for um, a friend of mine um, in a different kind of a business. And then... After about a year or so, I said, you know, I really want to do my own thing. So we got to Florida because my this other business brought us down here. So that that's how we got to Florida. But we loved it. We fell in love with it. We absolutely love it. There's not a day that goes by that I don't go, oh, I love well, it. Well, where are you exactly? Our, our headquarters is in Clearwater, Florida, Clearwater. which is on the Gulf side near Tampa. Right. 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 So we absolutely loved it here. That's good. I mean, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I I do like that the Gulf side better than the other side. That's for sure. Yep. Yeah, it's you know. a little more laid back for sure. We we liked. Um, uh, we had friends that uh, had a house in Sailorbell, and that used to be fun. Oh yeah, that's beautiful. It's Absolutely. beautiful. Yes. Um, yeah, and and they have lots of things to do there too. I mean, it's not. It's not as isolated as some, and it's not as 
old as some of the places we've been in Florida. <laughs> no, that's but, right. That's right. Yeah. Now, how do we look at, at your product list? You you have categories. Why don't you go through some of those? Okay. So we we do have categories. We do jams, mustards, dip. We love your jams, by the way. Absolutely okay, love that's it. Great. That's that's one of our best-selling categories, um, and we focus on savory jams. So those are uh-huh. jams that ha- are, for example, um, one of our best sellers is a hot pepper bacon jam. So it's got the we have that, yeah. savory. Oh, yeah, that's our top seller overall. So we figured that there's a million jam companies, even regional or local. Everybody's doing their own, you know, bottling their own, oh, yeah. Um, yeah, the sweet kind of breakfast jam. So we focus on savories that are really great. Pairings on charcuterie and cheese boards, which is super popular right now, and or like you use them with appetizers, or you can use them to cook with, um, use them to dip. So um, that, that, that's what our focus is. So it's the mango habanero, it's a hot pepper bacon jam, it's a bourbon pecan, a blueberry yeah, that's pecan. That's another good one. Oh, they're yeah. so good. Don't, so you, we, don't you have some fruit, pure fruit ones though? We we have. Um, not really. So we have. Okay. I'm gonna no. Not really. Pure fruit. Fruit. So we have a strawberry fig, which oh, that would, might be pure fruit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Strawberry fig. So there you go. I think and we had that we a while back. A, right, and yeah. the raspberry amaretto, which is just oh my gosh, it's so yes. good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so, I, I, um, eat, I eat. I eat them with a spoon, out of, right out of the jar. Oh right, <laughs> that, that's so good. What, Absolutely. What and need, we. What do you need toast for? You don't need toast. <laughs> That's right. You don't, That's right. You don't need butter. You don't need a knife. All you need is a spoon. <laughs> I love it. Okay, and that, so um, that's see so jams and and um, as one category, and then move right. Move on, then. And then we have got mustard. So again, we 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 focus on complex flavor profiles, where you're going to have more than one flavor hit your mouth at you know, but and it's very well blended, so you taste all the flavors. So we have. For instance, we have a um, dill pickle mustard. So oh, when yeah, you first, we haven't tried that yet. Oh, it's so good. So you, it's got little pieces of pickle in there. So you get yes. the dill. You get the. It's a Dijon mustard. So you get that nice, creamy, um, you know, Dijon flavor, and then with a little bit of that mustard heat, and then that wonderful dill, and then the pickle um, all together. So it's a complex flavor profile. Yeah, I'm looking forward um, to that one. That's going to be out of the jar, too. Uh, that's, <laughs> that's, 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 yeah, oh, it is. That is. <laughs> morning, morning in. Not, not if I get there first. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. So, And then we have a Nashville Hot Spice Mustard, which we launched this year. So, again, that was a very flavor, uh, popular flavor. And we thought, what can we do with it? Because everybody was doing it in spice blends. And we said, let's put it in a mustard. So that people could just put it on sandwiches and stuff on their own without having to fuss with a with a spice blend, and then so that turned into a great item for cooking with sandwiches. You know, we do um, like air fryers are big right now, so we do air fryer. Yeah, meat. I don't. I have one. Somebody sent me one, and um, and we get a lot of these things, and people send us. And I have a lot of things I've never used, and one of them is my air fryer. But people rave about them; they love them. Oh, we we do use, use it yours? every night. Absolutely, absolutely, and it's nice because then we bring the mustards and the sauces home, and we we I do we do a lot of air fried chicken, and it keeps it really moist. And then we just put the sauces on the plate and dip into them because sometimes the sauces get too sticky and burnt in the air fryer. So we we use them more as like a dipping um, type thing, you know. 
so, so, so maybe I should get my air fryer out and try ab- it. Huh? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I have a, yep. a multi-cooker I've never used, but I think that's okay. sort of more like a pressure cooker, right? Okay. Yep. Yep. I think. I don't know. I have, um, I have probably five electric knife sharpeners. <laughs> <laughs> Which wow. is why we can't get out of this five thousand square foot house. <laughs> now what, All the stuff. What's the secret to making this stuff so good? Do you do you, do you make it yourself in your own factory or? Right. We actually we develop the entire recipe, and okay. I think that's the the key is the um, how it comes together, and we give very specific process instructions. Um, so that you do taste all the flavors, and that now, how, do you, do that? how do you do that? Well, that's our that? scientist development person that will tell you that secret. I, I, that I'm not sure. <laughs> that uh-huh. I don't know. But um, just use, you know, and then you're using really the high quality ingredients, um, and just it's just a balance, a real balance of how you're blending it and how you're putting it all together um, when you process it. You know, that's always a sign of greatness. The balance factor. Right, uh, right, exactly. Which is why I, I love that book, uh, Always Add Lemon. <laughs> Do you ever read that book? Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's it brings out the flavors, yeah. It, it is an American success story. I mean, you, I mean you, make, you make it right here in the good old USA? That's right, absolutely, absolutely. So we we have uh, we use people other people make the product for us but as I said it's our oh, recipe okay, it's very right. specific process instructions and um, and that for this industry that's what a lot of people do because um, there's just so like you said there's 84 items you know so we yeah. need to kind of spread it out yeah, yeah. I mean, there aren't many more Heinz factories around you know <laughs> right right exactly what do they have 47 products right. Exactly, exactly. So um, one of the other categories I'd like to mention is our, we, our sure. squeezes. We call them squeeze. Oh, yeah, and, tell me uh, about that because we had some oh, of those. And and you talk about eating it right out. And I squeeze out that aioli stuff all the time. Right, right. And that's why I think it's so popular. It's, it's in a nice squeezable container. It's a little bit less expensive and the you know on the shelf when you go to buy it but it's the convenience so you can put it right in your refrigerator door and then just that's grab it, it and squeeze it on yeah and versus having to pull the mustard jar out with, and spoon it on which again that's not that hard but it just you know just being able to pull it right out of the refrigerator door and squeeze it on just it gives it that extra convenience and so we go through those are that's our best-selling category and when you add it all it all together like we do millions on these squeezes. It's they go crazy, and people can't get enough of them. And so that's very exciting. We actually have 14 flavors right now um, oh, on wow. the squeeze, and, and they and it really runs the gamut from coconut curry aioli that is our favorite at home. We can't keep a jar for more than two days <laughs> of that. People, it's like oh, we got some, and we uh, we use it. Uh, we have a truffle aioli squeeze, which is really amazing. Uh, Harissa aioli, Buffalo Ranch, everything aioli. So it's a nice g- grouping of different flavors that don't really overlap with each other. And and people, we found that for a lot of our wholesale customers, the more they buy, the more people 
they sell, which of course makes sense. But just if they have, if they're carrying ten, people come in and they buy five at a time. If they're carrying three, they might buy two at a time. So they keep adding more and really? more and more because then they they're selling more and more and more because people are like, oh, yeah, let me try that's this and this, you know. And then yeah, so see that's they, they your do... experience in that side of this whole thing, <laughs> right? But, right? Yeah. I don't know how many people would know that, but that's brilliant. <laughs> really, really, really good on sausages, those guys. Oh, crazy. Really, really crazy. Good. Yeah, absolutely. So those go fantastic. And they're so convenient. Like we, They're nice. Like if you want to go on a picnic or something, you could just bring this along and squeeze it versus putting their condiment on your sandwich ahead of time and it gets all soggy. So we've done oh, yeah. that a lot. You know, for picnics and, you know, boat rides and, um, you know, anywhere, just bring all the squeezes. And that's what we do. Like when we have parties and everything, we just set them all out on the table and, and um, people can choose whatever they want. <laughs> and they get excited. All our friends, when they come over, they get really excited when we're having a cookout. Yep. I bet, bet people like to come to your house. Huh? They do. <laughs> they do. No. And I said, we don't really fuss, you know, it's, but it's just the food's going to be good, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and there's going to be a lot of it. Yeah, yeah. The, the the your the idea of squeezing um, this company called Entube, you know about them? They've actually just moved into a, a, a nutritional uh, niche, okay. but but um, all of their squeeze the squeeze things are all in tubes, they're metal tubes. Okay, and, oh, wow. and they're not they're just not that easy. You have to you know unscrew them and you know. It's just not as easy as just wow. your plastic bottle just pulled mm-hmm. out of the refrigerator. It's already, I've already cut off the tip and removed the paper, and it's all ready to go. <laughs> yep, that's right. Absolutely. Yep. No, they they are they're super popular. Super popular. Well, you you've um, hooked up with a lot of these trends. What other trends do you see coming down the pike that you you're trying to plan a, a you know, relationship with? Um, we, one of the trends is, you know, people love plant-based, you know, the vegan, they want vegans. So, um, but we've tried a lot of products and haven't been really, don't think they're that great. (laughs) No, I mean, but yes, you have to really spice them up. We tried that, um, that fake meat and ground beef and and we, we, we tested it against a, a real, ground beef patty mm-hmm. and actually the the fake one tasted better but it was like it had so many ingredients in it that you wonder about the health of it you know that right. so, it was so spiced up and and modified and stuff yeah right you turn that over you say how can this be better for you than the beef i don't know i keep i keep yeah. uh, declining people are now wanting to send me um Fake shrimp. Now, I think that makes my stomach curl. (laughs) Fake shrimp. Oh, God. (laughs) It reminds me, I accidentally one time bought um, turkey pork roast. I didn't know that it was a turkey pork roast, you know. I brought it home and I threw it and then it was was so weird to even try. (laughs) You know, like you're saying the fake shrimp. You're like, oh, this is just weird. Yeah, Yeah. for sure. No, I mean... Go ahead. On the plant based is to make it taste really good. Mm-hmm. You know, we're not going to throw anything out there that unless it tastes really good. So we did we did launch two items, and one's a roasted garlic aioli, and one's just a regular aioli. And both of them you can't you cannot tell 
that they're vegan. And uh-huh. so we've got a couple more items like that coming out. So that's that's one of the trends. And then, of course, um, different chili lime is a big flavor profile right yeah, now. That that's is. been super, yeah, super popular. So we've got a couple items coming out with that flavor profile. Uh, truffles big. So we our truffle aioli did really well. So we're coming out with a second skew that's more like a hot sauce um, in the squeeze. Mm-hmm. So you, just watching gonna, what's going on, you, you know. Yeah, you're gonna not you're gonna not want to read um, Rowan. Uh, what's his name's uh, new book? Jacobson Rowan Jacobson's new book called Truffle Hound, because <laughs> it, it tells you the truth, which we found out first person experience with truffles in oh, the, yeah? Europe and Australia and the West Coast and all kinds of things. I mean, it's mainly. Um, you don't get any truffles in any of this stuff, even these big truffle companies. Oh, really? It's all because it's they're just using flavorings and stuff. Yeah, it's a chemical, and they've isolated it. In fact, we, we saw one um, a truffle grower in uh, Tasmania who was training his dog um, with tru- dogs (plural) because that's what gets truffles now um, with uh, tennis balls soaked in this chemical that's the uh, the ether chemical for for that gives off the smell which is the biggest part of truffles anyhow so um, you don't get all these truffle products you get you won't find any if you have them analyzed you won't even find much truffle in them if any at all really so Uh even when we think we're buying truffles from our provider they're not really truffles huh uh, no there is one i'm I'm not going to mention the name of the provider oh, okay. the purveyor but oh, i mean okay. i think and I, I can probably guess which one it is and what they do is they they use an inferior um truffle um it's it's a seasonal thing and and boost it with this chemical additive oh wow i'll bet well, we didn't tell you. About read it. the book, Mary. <laughs> okay, well, I will. I will read the book. Rowan is travel hound. It's, it's, I, okay. We just interviewed him, uh, Rowan, and um, I said, you know, who would think that you could write a, a book about truffles and truffle hunting? Yes. That, yes. That's sexy and a page turner, but he did it. <laughs> I read it cover, cover to cover. I read it. Oh, my gosh. Wow. Yeah. Well, that's good. I'll definitely yeah. pull it out. Yeah. Excellent, excellent. Okay. So anyhow, what we we haven't uh, that we got through the the, um, the the whole line. Yeah. So we we also do dressings, uh, salad oh, dressings, right. salad dressings. Yep. And that again, we don't you know we don't do just the regular dressing. We try to do things that are different so that fill in with other people or the regulars. So we have a um, uh, hatch chili ranch dressing. We have a lemon honey vinaigrette, which is delicious. We do a cilantro lime ranch dressing. We were really the first. Yeah, to that's really a great that. combination. Cilantro lime yes. is great. Yeah, it's in a right, and it's we, good. Yep, yeah, and we, we we were the first to do that, and then now we see a lot of other people, even some mainstream oh, ones, really? come out with them. Yes. So, um, so that's what we try to do. Like, see things like the flavor combinations that go really well together but aren't so esoteric that people are like, what is this or what am I going to do with this? So uh-huh. um, that's really what we try to, you know, aspire to. So we have um, about eight dressings and and then we also have um, 
sauces, so regular sauces that you cook with and marinate with, and they're mostly, most of them are fruit-based, so we have one of our top sellers is a hot pepper peach bourbon sauce, which is wonderful. The oh, bourbon really comes good. through. Oh, it's delicious. Um, and then we have a um, roasted pineapple and habanero, very good, and a tart cherry apple rosemary. That's oh, my favorite. My. That is, that's, that's great. Tell me that again. Tart cherry apple tart cherry, rosemary. Apple, yep, yep, rosemary. So it's got the rosemary. It's got cinnamon and rosemary and thyme and tart cherries and a little bit of cranberry, and um, it is amazing. So that's great. Again, if you want to put on cheeses or it's perfect in sweet potatoes or if you're cooking a turkey, you know, baste the turkey with it. Oh, that's it's interesting. so good. It's very good. Yeah, that would be a good. nice so, um, present to take if you were going someplace for Thanksgiving dinner. Abs- absolutely, absolutely. House guest, yeah. Oh, yeah. And we also have some dips, so those are great. You can just open them right up and enjoy them right out of the jar because they, they come in a wide mouth jar. That's like kind of a shallow wide mouth jar, so you can dip right into it. And we've got some wonderful flavors like a hop and jalapeno, which has got some wonderful Southwest flavors and jalapenos in it. We have a um, hatch chili bacon ranch. So we oh. have a couple, a lot of bacon items that do really well, and that's, that's one. Yeah, bacon's like a winner all across the board. <laughs> but, you know, that one company we met at the Fancy Food Show one year, um, they come from um, Orthodox Jewish backgrounds. And wow. they make fake bacon products. <laughs> oh, my gosh. There's wow. no bacon in them. <laughs> it tastes like bacon. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow, that's great. That's great. The young man who, the young, young man who founded it, their, their father was a food scientist. Oh, yeah, that's oh, wow. right. I forgot so, that detail. So, so, so they got in, got in touch with him and said, Dad, we need, we need a bacon that's not bacon. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, they've been missing out. They, they feel like they're missing out, huh? And he obliged. Oh, that's nice. I bet it does really well. Oh, it's right? grown. It's again. It's one of those com- country companies that started out as just. It's a startup, small, and and it just started continuously expanding, adding more products and and marketing well. I think mm-hmm. I think they sent I think they sent me some bacon shaving cream. <laughs> 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 All kinds of things, including fake bacon, many, oh many my of gosh. which I can't imagine you would eat. <laughs> we, we we have a lady in the office that's a vegetarian, so she she never can partake in our bacon products, or she doesn't want to, but she would love a fake bacon if we were to do something with the fake bacon that she could eat, you know? Well, you know, it's amazing. that I've read the statistics, and I don't remember them, on the rise in, in veganism and mm-hmm. vegan products and so forth. And this mm-hmm. is, yeah, and then, of course, they get a big boost from the climate change issue. Right. I yeah. think that's driving a lot of it absolutely right now. I absolutely think that's what's really driving it. My favorite. Like you said, they're not, they're not better for you. Like if you read the ingredients on some of the products, they're – They've got all those chemicals and stuff in them, you know. Well, there, there are other things. That, I mean, I find strange things kind of amusing. And one of the most amusing um, items I found to read about uh, approaches to climate change is, um, I think it's Finland. They are potty training cows. They established a, a place that they're really mainly dealing with the urine to start with. 
and uh, and the cows are getting trained, and they actually are trainable to go and pee in this one section, and then they can they the, the, the science could treat um, the, the um, whatever it is in pee that's causing all this um, climate upset. Somehow or other, I don't I don't like that this is the same theme that we're talking about. This <laughs> what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be associating that, that with our products. Our products. Are <laughs> <laughs> We're not doing that. No. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. Claire, what do you think about your your mother's company? Is she still there? Oh, I um, hi, yeah. Sorry, I put myself on mute. Um, uh, I love it. Yeah, I I love working here. Um. She, I grew up with her being in the gourmet food industry, so I grew up um, surrounded by fancy jams and mustards. So it's something that's just like um, second nature to me, uh-huh. and marketing for them has been so much fun. Oh, uh, great. With all the rise of social media and really trying to figure out our brand voice and um, our brand imaging and everything all together and... Yeah, like she said before, we're we're a really great team, so we have a lot of fun here. And yeah, she is fun too. <laughs> That's great, right? <laughs> she is she's fun fun time. <laughs> Definitely. And and we've well, been growing like crazy, so that's been that's always fun, you know. Yeah, well, yeah it we, is. We bought the business eleven years ago. And it was definitely a pioneering roll up your sleeves, really slugging through it. And now we're now we're now we kind of got the um the the wheelhouse going where the, you know the nose to the grindstone where it's just kind of now just growing like crazy so that it, now it's super fun. Well, I mean, yeah. I I think you're just doing a wonderful job, and after pursuing you for so long, I'm glad I got to talk to you. <laughs> well, this is great. Well, thanks so much for having us. We've, this was really fun. I we really appreciate it. You know what I think uh, we, we should not forget to do is uh, say where people can get the products. Since okay. we made them all long for the products, <laughs> so you can get them on our website, which is terrapinridge.com, or we're in specialty retailers and gift stores and orchards and olive oil stores and wineries across the country and even outside the country. Um, oh, outside the country too, huh? Absolutely. Like we're in uh, many South American countries in Colombia, Trinidad, Tobago, Panama. Um, Panama and um, I'm going to mix something. Mexico, Kuwait. We just shipped to Kuwait. Um, really? Yeah, so that's kind of fun. So I think that people they found us on Google and stuff, and and they get in- intrigued, and we've been able to build some international business. Canada, of course, you know. Wow. Well, <laughs> I, I, you know, I certainly love your products and um, love Thank talking you so much. to you, and and so glad that we could finally connect. Oh, and I Claire, you've been a big help too. Thank you. <laughs> oh yes, <laughs> I'm happy right. we can finally so connect as well. Connect. <laughs> All right, right, absolutely. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Yes, thank you. Have a great day. Thank. That is, as we say, another wrap. Uh, again, I hope everybody had a wonderful Thanksgiving, and. Um, you're going to tune in again next yeah, week, we'll, same time. Because we'll be here. We'll be here. We hope you will be too. Yeah, and until then, I'd like to say, what do we say? Bye-bye.